This morning, it is a, a privilege to be speaking with you all. We're going to be looking at the study of Sabbath, a day of rest. And, and two weeks ago, Judy shared with us about what a gift the Sabbath is. All we have to do is open it. It's a gift for us. And, and some of you probably know that I, I grew up uh, in the East. I grew up in Macau, China. It's the most densely populated city in the world. It's the, a tenth of the size of Birmingham, um, but every year it has 35 million tourists that come through it. So that's the equivalent of the entire population of Canada coming through that small place each year. So you can imagine life is pretty hectic. It's busy, it's crowded, it's vibrant. I loved it. This is a picture of Macau. Um, Culturally, however, there was a real emphasis on achievement and a lot of pressure towards that. Even in my church, I would worry about how much I accomplished. All the good things I did, all the bad things I did, have I done enough to secure my place in heaven? That's what I often thought about. And what I was yet to fully understand was the grace of Jesus Christ, which means that I don't have to do anything aside from believe that Jesus died for my sins and rose again. And in, in that belief, I can have eternal life. What a relief. All the things we have to do then, or the things we want to do then for Jesus follow suit. We do them because we're free in Christ, not because we have to tick some list or because we have to fit them in. The Chinese character for busy looks like this. It's pronounced in Cantonese, mong. And it's a um, combination of two pictographs for heart and death suggesting that busyness kills the heart. And it's true, isn't it? Have you ever heard anyone say, oh, I've been working for the past two weeks nonstop, no break, no rest, and I'm buzzing? Probably not. Without rest, without a break, we will get to the point where we can no longer function. And we're not just looking at chilling on a sofa today. So I wanna ask you all a question now for you to discuss. I wanna ask you guys, what is the difference between Sabbath and me time or self-care? What is the difference between these two things? What is the difference between Sabbath and me time? Okay, is anyone, is anyone dying to share any great bits of wisdom? No worries if not. If not, then okay. So I think a really clear difference between Sabbath and the secular me time is that the Sabbath is a time for God, whereas me time is me, it's time for me. Sabbath is God at the center, and me time, what the Western world has placed a great deal of emphasis on over the past few years, the self-care and stuff, is me at the center, which ultimately is less fulfilling. When we take Sabbath, when we regularly pause from our ambitions and activities, we are creating space to experience Christ. Rich Villadas, the leader of a church in New York, says this, Sabbath is not just rest from making things, it's rest from the need to make something of ourselves. And today I want to look at some practical ways we can be applying Sabbath to our life. What does the Sabbath look like? Verse 5, what Julian read for us, verse 5 says, One person considers one day more sacred than another, another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. When you're preparing, don't get caught up in people supposedly doing Sabbath better than you or people doing it worse than you. Sabbath is between you and God, not between you, God, and your neighbor. 
And you might be thinking, that's really great, but when it comes down to it, I actually just cannot fit it in. Something always pops up. And so my first point this morning is, well, in helping us take Sabbath, is preparation. When you're about to go on holiday, you have lots to get ready, right? You probably need to book the flights. You need to book some accommodation. Um, you go, have I got my passport? Have I got my charger, books, clothes, pants and socks, shoes, swimwear? You might be planning someone to come and feed your cat. You might make sure the car has enough petrol, the oven's off, door's locked, alarm is set. You have all these things ready. And with all these things in place, you can then fully relax on your holiday and have a restful time. Even if just one of these things isn't, sometimes that can distract us from being present and enjoying what we're doing. And it's the same for Sabbath, a time of rest. You actually have to plan it and prepare for it. In, in Jewish tradition, Shabbat, the, the Sabbath, their Sabbath is on Saturday and they prepare for it on the Friday. So it can be fully enjoyed and everything is in place over the evening of Friday and into Saturday. There is preparation and then their Sabbath starts with a full night's sleep on the Friday night. It doesn't just finish with rest and sleep, it starts with it. So what's your response when I ask you, what is your ideal restful situation? If your first thought is sitting on the sofa and watching some Netflix, I would just ask, do you feel refreshed when you do that? Do you feel energized when you do that? Maybe you do. Maybe you're thinking of planning to sit and read a book. Maybe you're thinking of going for a run around some countryside. Maybe you're thinking of going to the spa and having a lounge on the sunbeds. Whatever it is, I would encourage you on your Sabbath to take a break from the normal work you do on the other six days of the week and plan in something different. Something that gives you life and is honoring to God. If you spend the entire week at a desk, planning a change of location. We wanna create space to experience Christ. And, and that's what the Sabbath is about, having time and space to experience Jesus and resting with him. As a, a staff team at Riverside, we sat down in our staff devotions and looked at planning our times of Sabbath in uh, over the coming weeks. And so I opened my calendar on my phone and the first thing I did was add another errand that I needed to do. I think it was a haircut or something. And, and I stopped myself like, wow, <laughs> let me take a step back. While the haircut was probably necessary, is my first response to viewing my calendar the need to add something in? There's a space, quick, add something in. More and more, I keep adding. If we look at the Sabbath as a deliberate act, then when we add it to the calendar, it becomes a blocked out section of time that we can't fill with other work things, a blocked out section of rest. So what do we need to pull back from? What do we need to put a clear pause on? There's always gonna be more to do. If we only stop once we've finished our emails, our phone calls, our projects, we will never stop because there is always more to do. The work is never done, is it? Sabbath has to be intentional, choosing to be intentionally in relationship with Jesus. And Sabbath won't happen unless you plan it in. So along with pausing and resting, Sabbath can be a really great chance for reflection, which brings me to my second point, which is gratitude. 
In Genesis, it says that God saw all he had done and he saw that it was good when he was creating the world. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. God was content with the work he had done and then he rested. He appreciated it. While being made in God's image, we are, we can learn from the patterns that are set for us in in the Bible. People in general, often we, we love to complain, right? Don't we? We love a moan. When we take a pause and look at all the things we are grateful for in our life, we are setting ourselves apart from the rest of the world. A world driven by capitalism and consumerism that tells us that we never have enough. But when we look at all the adverts, the influencers on Instagram, the Hollywood films, it's a bold statement for us to say, I do have enough. God has provided, God will provide again, and God will continue to provide. My wife, Alice here, she slipped over and and fell on Wednesday and had to go to A&E for some stitches on her knee. And she wasn't able to drive to work on Thursday, uh, had to work from home to let her knee rest and recover. And because of the pain, she was moving slower And she was telling me that along with it taking her double the time to get up the stairs, she actually had more time to slow down and appreciate the world around her. It forced her to slow down. But here we have the choice. We can choose to slow down and appreciate life. Canadian Christian author Mark Buchanan says, Sabbath is to cease from what is necessary and embrace what life gives. Some of you might have grown up in households or schools where Sabbath was delivered in a somber context, maybe even legalistic, where certain activities might have been forbidden on the Sabbath. Uh, Buying and selling in this country had been illegal on a Sunday until 1994, actually. Even now, most shops only open for shorter hours on a Sunday, and maybe it is wise to have a break from buying shopping and purchasing things on the Sabbath, even the food shop. There is going to be elements of sacrifice for, for certain people and certain professions when we're taking Sabbath, but that's where it becomes an act of trusting in God. And spending time with God isn't a burden, I'll tell you that. It is a delight. Setting aside that time allows you to gain a holy perspective as you actively put God first on the Sabbath. So take this Sabbath to focus on what God has done for you and find rest in him, not on our own strength. And then we can dwell in a state of gratitude and worship on the Sabbath. God loves us. He doesn't love us for our achievements or for what we've done. He loves us for us. And another name we have for God in the Bible is Emmanuel, which means God with us, because he so desires to be with us. So my third point this morning is intimacy. Pete Gregg, uh, the co-founder of the 24-7 prayer movement, said this on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. We are over-familiar with holy things. We talk to a God and he talks back for crying out loud. That means you're either insane or experiencing an actual living, conversational, interactive relationship with the creator of the cosmos. No middle ground. You're insane or a saint. 
I want to ask you now to take a moment, and I, I, I want to ask you to just close your eyes for me. Close your eyes for a second. And I want you to picture a beautiful lake in front of you. With your eyes closed, picture a beautiful lake with a stunning array of mountains all around you. And you are with Jesus. And he is holding out his hand, inviting you into a place of rest by the lake. The sun is shining. And he wants to tell you that when we, our faith is a relationship, and when we're building a relationship, intimacy is involved. So if we're trying to have a break and take time with God, we might have to resist the hold of technology. The demands of our phone are so constant. Another text, another call, email, task, etc. Don't get me wrong, I love having a phone. It opens so many doors and makes things so much easier and economical. And but one thing I try to do sometimes when I'm spending, or if I'm spending time with someone, I try and keep my phone in my pocket and, and not have it on the table in front of me as a constant distraction from the person that I'm dedicating this time to spend with if things are popping up nonstop, right? Put your hand up if you've ever been camping. Okay, maybe you've been somewhere where there's been no phone signal. And um, my experience at, at Soul Survivor, which is a Christian youth fest a festival for young people, is that that's usually the case. Going as a youth leader, there is no 4G, no signal, a break from the excess noise and distraction, and it's brilliant. It forces you to spend time with people and spend time with God. In Exodus, we see that when Moses returned from being in the presence of God, he is unaware that his face is radiant. It's glowing. This was when God was giving Moses the Ten Commandments. Moses had to put a veil over his face until the next time he spoke to the Lord. Here was someone building intimacy with God, and he was actually glowing. What sets us followers of Christ apart from non-believers? Uh, the way we love others, the way we speak, act, and serve, and also the fact that we can actively spend time in the presence of God. One of the most thrilling things in, in human interaction is building intimacy uh, because it's risky with people, right? Uh, you know, if you open yourself up, they might judge you or you might not be well-received or it might make you closer. But with God, he already knows everything, so it's safe. Studies have shown that in a, in a more intense or intimate conversation, we naturally look at each other more often and hold that gaze for longer periods of time. So next time you're creeping someone out by staring at them, you can just tell them you're trying to build intimacy with them. But what does that mean when, when we're looking at God with no distractions? Intimacy cannot be built without presence. And as we get to know God more, we can start to recognize his voice and filter out all the other stuff. And this can also come about by reading scripture. Even when we do things that we know God loves or God enjoys, walking through his creation, listening to wholesome music, eating and drinking with friends, appreciating the beauty of this world. These are the things that you can choose on the Sabbath. So we've looked at preparation, getting things ready. We've looked at gratitude for all the things that you have in your life, building intimacy with God. And, and practically that all sounds great, right? 
we probably will start doing it for a couple weeks, but then we'll fall out of habit and give up or just completely forget about it altogether. So my final thing that I want us to kind of think about this morning and hold on to is finding a rhythm for Sabbath. God has set the rhythm for us. He rested on day seven. God has even built this rhythm into the fabric of creation. When you work at a muscle at the gym, it needs time to rest and recover. And after the rest, it becomes stronger than before. Even in the smallest parts of our life, we are modeling this pattern of rest. Now in practice, as I've said, this will vary from different stages in life. It's gonna look different if you're a teenager, if you're an empty nester, if you have a young family, it'll look different for people who run their own business, for people who are self-employed, for people who are retired, people who work throughout the academic year, people who work from home. All of us have the opportunity though to lay the foundations of Sabbath in place. We just need to prioritize it. And it's probably gonna change over time as well as life changes. But we can definitely add in those breaks, those moments of rest, those limitations, those times with God. Uh, a parent with a young baby is not gonna have a day off from caring for that baby. So how do you apply the principles of Sabbath in that situation? As well with single parents, it's especially difficult to have time off. You can't just put your kids in the cupboard and say, I'm gonna have a few hours to myself to spend with God. I mean, well, you could, but it's definitely frowned upon. But wouldn't it be great if, as a church, we would commit to helping those of us who are single parents? If we're committing to be a family here in this congregation, how are we going to share that responsibility? This isn't just for single parents. It might be for others as, as well. How can we, as a church, help others have a Sabbath? Let's dedicate our time and effort as brothers and sisters of Christ to them, helping them have that break as we are community. As followers of Jesus, how can we be modeling this rhythm of Sabbath? Practicing Sabbath is freeing ourselves from the needing to play God in our life, taking ourselves off the throne and removing the idea that I am necessary. Therefore, I am important. As part of the purpose of this series, Living Life Well, that we're doing as a church, part of the purpose is that we all grow in our relationship with Jesus. It's the same for me. How am I trying to see more of this in my own life? I'm not running the world, God is. So how am I gonna prioritize this act of humility, this Sabbath? And I don't want to leave you this morning with, oh man, I need to do a Sabbath, stress. I wanna leave you with, if Jesus is your savior, if Jesus is my savior, then I wanna spend time with him. I want to spend time resting with him. It's not our job to be amazing for Jesus. It's our job to be amazed by Jesus. Jesus is the answer. And what did Jesus actually do in regards to the Sabbath? He rested with his father. He chose life on the Sabbath. Jesus healed people. He fed people and he supported rescuing animals that had fallen into wells on the Sabbath. We can read all of that in the Bible. So what can we do? Sports, outdoor activities, art, music, reading, these can all be prayerful activities, life-giving to you, and God is in these things. 
He created them. Developing rhythms with these elements can help us draw closer to God and further into God's kingdom. At this point, we are beginning to see a major crossover with a lot of the other studies that we've been doing this past year. Silence and solitude, prayer, simplicity, study, celebration, fasting, worship, and so on. Mark 2, 27 says, Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. This weekly ritual is for the benefit of our life. And it's okay if you commit to a Sabbath of one hour or if you commit to a Sabbath of 24 hours. It's going to look different for everyone here. So however you choose to rest and spend time with God, do it for the Lord. Verse 6 here says, do it for the Lord. We're going to take a, a couple of minutes to Selah or pause and let the Holy Spirit move in whatever way. If you want to sit in silence for a time, you can do that. If you want to get out your calendars and block in when you're going to take Sabbath over the next few weeks, you can do that as well. If you want to take this time to write or draw, if you want to take this time to have a moment of rest, rest. If you want to take this time to just pray, now's your chance to do that. We're going to have a couple of minutes. There's going to be a little bit of music, but we're just going to have stillness. In whatever way you want to respond, let's use this time for God and respond in our own hearts. <laughs> 